0: good, everyone. Welcome back to another festive podcast. Today, I am sitting down with uh, a bit of a different guest than usual. Um, actually, old acquaintance and friend from high school, uh, Aparna Avas- Avasarella. I know I'm messing that up. Um, Aparna, can you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to our audience here? Um, just give them a little more background as to you know who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. Hey guys, um, I'm Aparna right Visarala. You were very close with the last name. <laughs> um, I am the founder of Denim Rush. We are a hand painted product company. So that ranges anywhere from clothing to furniture. Um, yeah.
0: And so. First of all, uh, let's expand on that a bit more. You know, how do you, um, before we dive into like how you found that creative niche, um, how do you market that? Uh, how do you keep it? Uh, I guess, I, I guess, how do you market the, the, the fact that like you kind of, I guess are almost like a services based business, but also, uh, like a product based business.
1: Yeah. So, Um, we definitely started off more on the product side. Um, you know, when we first started, we only did denim jackets, hence the name Denim Rush. Um, and, you know, as, um, as the years went on, I kind of sort of, I realized that what we're really good at is sort of creating this like guided creativity experience. Um, you know, people are always like, oh, I wish I could do that or, they really wanted to be a part of the creation of their own clothing. Um, so we kind of pivoted a little bit, and now we're definitely more service oriented than product oriented. And um, all of our product oriented sort of uh, business, like the business side of the product orientation, we do mostly collaborations with other um, companies that are already doing amazing at what they're doing. And we kind of just come in and elevate their. Um, their sort of creative mindset and how they reach their customers.
0: Awesome. And so are these more short-term based gigs? Um, do you have some, I mean, I know you have some listed, uh, partners, you know, guys on, on your uh, website Are these like, uh, I guess not, I mean, I don't know. Would you consider them like a retainer client or like a retainer partnership? Like you're doing no. consistent events or.
1: I mean, the events are pretty consistent. They, you just wouldn't, they're not on retainer or anything. Um, so we've been doing a lot of events with Bloomingdale's. Um, they're really great because it's a um, they not only have like denim, they have so many different products. So um, that's a really great partner that we have. Um, we've done partnerships with Sam Edelman, um, which is pretty cool because um, we've never done shoes before that. And so that was a really fun sort of pivot that we took or another industry that we sort of joined. Um, but yeah, so they're not really on retainer. It's more, you know, it's more like event based, like, you know, how you would have like an event planner. Sure. Um, it's kind of around that sort of model because we're, we're kind of creating this experiential event. Um, so before, um, or like literally a couple of months ago, I just quit my job, but, um, hey. I, yeah. That's um, awesome. yeah. So I was a the founding partner and head of creative for Arcadia Earth. Um, it's an experiential museum. So my background is um, a lot on experiential retail design and experiential design. So how do you get customers um, to come come into a brick and mortar? How do you get customers sort of um, that experience that makes them want to buy the product rather than just window shop? If that makes
0: any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's got to be really challenging. Uh, how do you how do you work directly with a client in, in making that happen and making sure it's reflects, you know, who your brand is as Denim Rush, but also, you know, expounds who they are in, in regards to their branding?
1: Yeah, so usually what we'll do is we'll be like, we'll chat with a brand and kind of be like, what's what are your brand values and what are what's the goal? Right. this like why are you doing this, right? And um, obviously, everyone's goal is to drive more sales, and that always happens when you have an in-store event. Um, whether that person is participating in the in-store event or not, it it drives them to come into the store because something's happening. There's an experience that's occurring that they can at least see if they don't want to participate in. Um, and so usually we do that and then we'll be like, what? we'll create like a creative deck of like customization that we'll offer that's more on their brand. And then we'll also offer um, like a really abstract sort of stuff because I think even the brands are like, whatever the customer wants, you know, because this is like a true, like I'm chatting with them. I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, extrapolate sort of what they visually are and who they visually are. Uh So um, a big part of that is just conversation and kind of being like, this is what we've done in the past. Does anything resonate with you? And um, this is kind of like what we're offering. Most of the time the brands are pretty open about, about, um, about like what the customer wants because you know, the customer is always right. So without customers, they're not, they're not selling anything. So, um, usually it's pretty open, but we usually talk to them and try to, try to figure out a good balance between what den who dinner rushes and what the brand
0: really wants. Yeah. And so once you, I guess, kind of configure, you know, this event with this with this new brand that, that you're going to kind of operate how do you mm-hmm. then implement and and run things like are you are you guys and, and more specifically yourself being the founder of denim rush are you like extremely involved in that process or do you kind of hand things off from there and let them kind of handle the event and such no
1: i'm very very hands-on um, our team is really small so um Usually, you know, if it's like a tie-dyeing event, I'll be there with my intern and we will, um, we usually have like a little setup that we do, um, and our, and our way of tie-dyeing or quote-unquote tie-dyeing is very different. We've kind of like come up with our own way of doing it that doesn't involve dye, um, and it kind of contains everything because the biggest thing is like with paint is it's messy. Yeah. So how do you, how do you sort of have these in-store events while kind of having this sort of modular setup where you're in and out and you're not creating a mess? Um, so once brands hear that too, they're kind of like great. Because um, you don't really want to have an event that's like, you know, yes.
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll just go in and we'll kind of, it just sort of depends on what the event is. If it's like a live painting event, then we have a little bit of a different setup. We add canvas if We are kind of like to create, create like a pseudo art studio. So there's like canvas. It's very raw. It's very um, um, paint oriented. Um, so we want to give people sort of this feeling that they're in someone's artist studio and they're getting that um, one-on-one experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. So do you feel do you feel like limited at all, I guess, by like what do you feel like you guys can partner and put on an event with any brand and business? Like it doesn't matter what uh market they're in or do you feel like you are kind of limited to uh more like clothing clothing fashion uh industry or
1: no definitely not um I think I think it's just you're free to do whatever you want it's the way you word it or it's the way you pitch it. So when pitching it to a fashion company, you look at their KPIs so like what are their key what are we measuring success against, right? What is success to them? And then you pitch it according to that. So if I was to pitch it to a really big corporate sort of company, I would be like, what are you trying to achieve here? And also, I would, we would do like corporate events, like team building, um, all of that. So it really expands into so many different um, areas and industries that it really, truly just depends on what that other customer or that customer being the business is trying to achieve.
2: Right.
0: So, um, I guess like, what's an example of maybe like a a recent corporate, uh, corporate event you've done and maybe how it's might differentiate from what you do with like a fashion brand.
1: Okay. So I've, um, done events with WeWork and wing and the wing. Um, so what we do there is we'll usually set up a denim bar. Um, like a denim customization bar okay. and, um, people can either bring their own sort of stuff in like their own denim or their jeans or whatever, or, um, usually we'll just have like our own hats that they purchase or, um, jackets. Sure. And it's kind of like this guided creativity process. Like it's, this is stuff that we used to do like in camp or, um, kind of just like when we were younger Yeah. and it just, the process of sort of just being, like not really having any restrictions to what you can do really helps the mind sort of ease. Not everyone has like this sort of unquote creative outlet. So you're really, all you're doing throughout that entire thing is, is just inspiring them to do whatever the hell they want to do and whatever they're doing is amazing. Because it's sort of that like positive reinforcement that really helps, um, that really helps with team building. And, you know, when you put two people next to each other that are both, struggling that they both don't know anything creative they tend to help each other out yeah and so it kind of creates this sort of like bonding moment um so like that's an example of something that we've done in the past
0: yeah it's super cool i i love that because like for me it's i I haven't done it but like that's actually painting is something i've wanted to get into recently because i think it's just like a super i don't know it's just like you don't have to be very mindful like it's something you can kind of like just free flow and do and yeah just be like fully creative which is um definitely needed yeah you You need those outlets yeah
1: i mean so the cool thing with painting is like especially with abstract art you're pulling a lot of what your subconscious is saying um and Ah. that really so that really is helps you deal with certain things that's why when artists they paint they kind of like especially abstract art people are like what the hell is this this makes no sense but (laughs) it's truly a visual representation of what the artist is subconsciously feeling or it's a really 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 dumbed down version of what they're trying to say so that's what we call reductionism so if um
0: getting smart on like, me now. <laughs>
1: I, you know, I'm learning about all this stuff. It's really interesting because it's like a big part of this is you learn on the job. You yeah. that's a part of an entrepreneur, you just kind of figure it out as you go. And then you and you find certain in your head you find you have these like clicking moments where things are like, Oh, I remember I did this a couple of years ago, I'm doing this now. Yeah. I understand why I did what I did a couple of years ago without having sort of this like term attached to it. You know? Um So it's it's pretty cool. So that's why I think art and like painting kind of has this like power because it it it's kind of like this your thoughts are more fluid and sometimes people are like, I feel a certain way, I don't really know why I feel this way. Like I don't can't put my finger on it. Yeah. So, you know, like sometimes people listen to music when that happens, right? So music is just another form of abstract feelings. Like if you were to listen to Beethoven, you don't he's not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> but you you can definitely feel a certain way, right? Totally. So that's kind of how art is, but it's just in a more visual sort of way.
0: So, have you done any events with like nonprofits or like more with like the intent of it being like a therapeutic experience? Um, so we've
1: done events with non profits but more so like the kids wanted to do like a fashion show gotcha um so we like let them like borrow all of our clothes and kind of like help them out on that end um we haven't done anything yet in terms of like art therapy I'm like by no means an art therapist yeah or am I like trained to do that? just want to be
0: clear. oh yeah (laughs) but but, i mean um, just the simple act of of painting again like i think the process is like therapeutic i just think it'd be interesting to see like if you guys partnered with like uh some kind of you know organization or maybe it's a facility that does something with mental health or something like that
1: yeah so you know it's really funny when i was in high school i used to do these events at cedarville Mm -hmm. or cedar village um and we would go in and i would try to like get all these um these people together and we would, I was trying to get them to paint. Um so that was really fun and that was more of a nonprofit thing but that was like forever ago and then I just stopped because they were like eating the paints. So I was like, right we can't
2: can't go down this <laughs> <the> route.
1: <laughs> um but yeah, no, I think it's definitely on our list to do something um on the nonprofit and um nonprofit side too. Um just haven't had the opportunity yet
0: definitely and i i want to um i'm it's interesting to figure out too so you've mentioned how you've kind of made a recent um pivot in that you guys are doing a lot more event based work how do you think that's yeah. um impacting your brand/branding slash like are you debating now um changing denim rush the name or like potentially separating it um and creating like this second business that's something else that's just specific to the events or do you think they go well uh these the the fact that you're doing events and products are they working really well cohesively do you feel like right now or
1: yeah um i felt that it's better to kind of keep everything under one umbrella because you know so the thing in fashion is that it's extremely saturated business so there are too many everyone's a brand everyone's a designer Everyone, you know, which is awesome, like power to people, you know. Um, but what happens is when you start creating too many sort of different umbrellas, you're kind of losing the connectivity. Yeah. So you're, you're losing that sort of like sort of sort of that name. So by me partnering with Bloomingdale's, even though I sell products, my name, Denim Rush, not mine, but our name, Denim Rush, is still, it's still on there. So whether yeah. that makes them want to hire me for another event, or they want they go online and see some products and they're like wow or like they want a custom. So you I think it's better to keep everything under one umbrella um given the saturated sort of climate.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm just always interested in that stuff because I know like for me personally, you know, I I would like even like starting this podcast, I was debating just like calling mm-hmm. it like Kyle Loftus podcast or something like just keeping everything like single branded and like all together, but then I just went through this whole debate like, oh, it just seems so selfish, like the Kyle this podcast, <laughs> like who am I? But anyways, yeah, I just think I think that stuff's super interesting. And I'm always just very curious about branding. Um, So I want to take it back a little bit and uh, talk about, you know, a bit about high school, college um, and leading up to. Well, I mean, obviously, you kind of had this going before uh, college, but just want to kind of talk about like your journey, your story a little bit. What kind of led you into creating Denim Rush like when did you did you have like a a pivotal moment that you decided um, this came to you like an epiphany if you will Um, and again building on that you know what uh, what was kind of like your driving forces that led you to kind of make this uh, a career path
1: sure where do you want to start
0: (laughs) well I mean I think let's just start with uh, you know High school and just kind of general, like, where did this, all this creativity and this passion for painting come from?
1: Yeah. So, um, I took a lot of art classes in high school, so I kind of knew that I wanted to do something artistic, but it was really interesting because I actually wanted to go to school for painting. And my dad was like, literally, I am not going to pay for you to, to go to school for painting. It's just like not going to happen. I was like, cool. I mean also because like I'm Indian and I mean you like you know in high school they're all they're all smart and I was not in that boat. Um so, you know, like I, my mom, she was like, you have to take AB bio. And I did. And I literally think I got it like or a C, And I was like, and I tried, <laughs> I truly tried. <laughs> um, but everyone just learns in different ways. And obviously Absolutely. you're kind of bottled up in high school and you don't really have the chance to kind of grow um, in different ways. But yeah, so I kind of went down the route of um, interior design because I figured I like, I like wayfinding. I like helping people. I like kind of creating spaces for people. So there's still that like sort of psychology element of color theory and kind of function um, and kind of like combining those two. So that's what made me decide that. And then I went to the New York School of Interior Design, um, which was awesome, which was a really great experience. And so I did that. And then I, um, I studied abroad through Kent State actually, because I really, really wanted to study abroad and my school just didn't have that. Um, so I took a semester off and I like kind of figured it out and I kind of just told Kent State that I'm doing this.
2: <laughs> and
1: then I'm like, okay, no one's ever done this before. And I was like, that's great. That I'm doing this. Um, so that was cool because so I went to Italy, to Florence, and the entire program was based on museum design. So that was kind of like the first introduction into um, this experiential side of design um, and kind of creating, creating how does a person feel from enter to exit and like what are they leaving with? Um, so that was my introduction to that, which was pretty cool. And before that, I was interning at Wimberley Interiors, um, which was a hospitality firm. So I did a lot of work, um, with hotels, which is also sort of this experience driven yeah. industry. Right. So, so kind of like morphed into like, how do I create these awesome experiences for people? Um, and then after, so Dun Marsh started when I was in my senior year, which was a year later. I like, it took me five years cause I studied abroad and designers <laughs> care too much about the course names. So,
2: um, <laughs>
1: It was, like, a shit show. But, (laughs) um, yeah, so I kind of, I would do large, like, paintings, like, commissions for people. So when it comes to interior design, you know, the art is something, like, just usually ties the room together. Mm -hmm. So you want to really look at the room and, like, kind of blur your eyes and be, like, visually what's missing and where is it missing and what color is missing. Um, So that's kind of how I would go about with art. And, um it was during my thesis time, which i was i was like slacking. I wasn't even like I didn't even do my thesis till like a month before Ooh. um I know i but for some reason I always it's do that stressful, but it is stressful, but i like I kind of love it
0: it's part of the process <laughs> So
1: <laughs> it's part of my process um yeah, I like whip that out in a month somehow um but so I started denim rush because i had this jacket and I was just like in this phase where I was bored of everything I think it was because I was literally doing my thesis and I was like researching the same topic um but I was just kind of bored of everything so I was like all right I am going to paint this jacket and I'm going to wear it and it's going to be great so I did that and I wore it around town the next day I went to brunch and like so many people were coming up to me they were asking me um you know where did you get this from i want this blah 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 so that kind of gave me an idea to
0: you're like yeah i might have something going on here
1: <laughs> right like i might like you know this is pretty cool like i should i should just try this and kind of like see where it goes and kind of it was like the forefront of um of like kind of this like art fashion movement which obviously happened like forever ago it's like you know fashion such as cyclical sort of um Like industry, so um, so yeah, so I kind of started with that, and then I started doing street fairs, um, and you know people were super interested in it, and as the years went on, obviously like the bigger brands catch on, um, so that whole concept of paint on clothes, like obviously the bigger brands, like you can find it, you can find like splattered paint jeans at Zara, um. But, you know, it's just like, it's not personal. So they're like, I felt like, I felt like, you know, brands are kind of taking the sort of like very personal sort of experience and kind of just making it available to the masses, which is cool, but yeah. it's not, again, it defeats the purpose of it being personal.
2: Absolutely. So like, how do you
1: create a personalized experience on a mass scale? Right. That's the
2: challenge.
0: Um. So, so when you were in school, you had, uh, before you, you know, came, came with the idea of, of denim rush, you know, where, where was your mm-hmm. mindset at, you know, going, going and doing all this interior design work, like sophomore year, junior year, like what were you thinking was, was the future for Aparna?
1: So before, um, I wanted to kind of go into the retail business, um, I was going to, I wanted to be a hospitality designer. Um, so I was I was on path to work at Wimberly Interiors after I graduated, um, which is like a top firm of hospitality. So like, it would've, would 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 have been a great choice, and everyone there is like so phenomenal and amazing. Um, and then I kind of um, met uh, this guy Valentino, um, and he was doing experiential retail design. So he was like, come work for me. And I was like, okay, (laughs) fine. (laughs) Um, But basically that was the reason why I sort of made that choice was because I felt like I kind of knew where I was going if I was going down the hospitality route, because there's there's just like a path that you follow. You're a junior designer, you're a designer, you're a senior designer, and then, you know, you're a creative director. Like there is a path, but it takes like a long time to do that. Yeah. And you kind of like the creativity aspect is lost a little bit because you're you're focused so much on the operational side of the design, uh, which is so cool and really, really awesome. And like kudos to people who can do that. Um, But it just didn't feel like it was for me. So I wanted to also do experiential retail design because I had never been in the fashion industry and I didn't really have any contacts. Okay. Um and it was just something new and different. So and I loved Valentino and his energy. So um we would design experiences for trade shows. So for example, um we started with Cabana, which is a swimwear trade show. So we flew down to Miami and we designed this like entire experience in these tents where buyers come and meet brands and buy like the next season's clothing. Yeah. So, um, we did that and then we did, um, we, so we did Cabana in Miami and then we did Cabana in, um, New York. And then we helped with Liberty Fairs, which is a menswear trade show. Um, and then from there we were invited to Summit. I don't know if you know what Summit is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we were invited to Summit to design the future of retail, which was really cool. Um. So basically we created this experience where, um, it was all like art, it was all like art related kind of bringing that soul and vibe back into fashion and kind of how you would do that. And then, um, we designed an augmented reality app to go along with the entire store so that you could, you could scan the product and, and, um, a video about how that product was made and like the art like the craftsmanship sort of behind their product would appear. Um then you can add it to cart and like kind of check out. So you're kind of taking that experience, that in-store experience of bringing it online.
2: Yeah. Because very we're such cool. a digital
1: and tech, like, yeah, tech related world. So that was pretty cool. Um, so like, yeah, like Jeff Bezos was there and I was like, oh my God, he's going into the store that I just, like. um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was cool. So Marsh was a part of that too, because it really showed, the artistry and um, all of that, like the craftsmanship was behind that too. So that was cool that like, they were both kind of like, they were at a level where they were like merging where Uh I got to like design the store and I got to like put what I do in there too. Um, And then from there we designed um, shows for Coterie um, a bunch of times. Coterie is like one of the biggest ones. Um, And then Val actually had this idea of wanting to kind of use our talents of creating this experiential, um, like, our talents of creating this experiential environments and using it for the better. So when we were at um, Summit, he heard this guy, um, Paul Hawking, speak about, uh, like, climate change. And, um, like, the room was empty. And you would expect, like, people who are um, really high up, like, really like influential people to like care about this stuff and they don't give a shit. Yeah. And so he was like, "Well, why, you know, it's such a depressing topic to talk about." Like every time someone brings up climate change, it's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, please. Like, stop. Um but so what we so from there this idea sort of came about to start Arcadia Earth. Um so that's the museum that I was the founding partner in, was the head of creative. So we Created this museum experience. It's in New York right now, and it's going to be traveling. It's supposed to be like a traveling museum, um, and it's a 18 room experience um, about sustainability and about climate change. So um, each room delves into like a topic about our environment, and it's represented in like vi- in a very very visual way. Um, we still have our augmented reality that's like looped in. So, um, yeah, so we like did a launch at Art Basel last year, twenty twenty eighteen. 2018, Art Basel. Um, so that was cool. We created like a bunch of different experiences. We created one at the one hotel down in uh, South Beach, and then we had one in Wynwood, and then we had a couple in the fashion district area of Miami. And, and then from there, we got to create this like really big, um, really big experience here in New York. So that's still going on. And that was such a cool and awesome experience.
0: Very cool. And awesome. Denim rush.
1: Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so um, like
1: everything at once. So,
0: you know, as that, so I guess taking it back to the, the development of denim rush, like that's the yeah. specific day. Um, mm-hmm. you had that brunch, you, you got all those comments to like, did, was there like an epiphany that day? Like, did you realize like, this is something special. I need to run with this or, did it kind of um, slowly kind of progress along with the other you know things that you were just involved with? It kind of um, again like it just felt right. You were doing all these other you know artistic paths, doing things with painting and these yeah. showcasing with these events, and it kind of just slowly aligned. Or you know how, how it did it slowly fall aligned
1: place? for sure? It definitely slowly aligned. I um, didn't expect on a rush to like be anything when I first started it. Um. I was just kind of doing it. I didn't, um, didn't click or understand why I was doing it or like what I enjoyed about it. Um, and then slowly, like as my experiences went on and kind of, I was able to go through all these like business experience, like how do you grow a business and like, how do you, how does like the industry work and all of that. After I kind of learned a lot more about that, I decided to take the leap and, um, try to do
2: it full time.
0: Yes. Love it. Um, and so you just recently, uh, quit your other job. Um, so, so we're doing Denim Rush full-time now, right?
1: Yeah. I'm also working on, um, another company, but I can't, talk about it
0: yet. <laughs> Ooh, very cool. Um, I'm sure that's yeah. gonna be super exciting. But um, first off, congrats again on, on you know, being full time with uh, Denim Rush. That's very cool. Um, super rewarding. So let's go ahead and talk about that transition a little bit. You know, what's it like transitioning to kind of being in full control of uh, your schedule, your freedom, your business, all that stuff?
1: So it kind of sucked like in the beginning, <laughs> it totally blew. Um, I think first of all, when I quit my job, I, I was working almost, um, like I would, I was only sleeping like three hours a day because we had to open this mm. museum. Jeez. Yeah. Um, it was super intense. So like, I, like when I quit, I was like, I need my bed.
2: I need to sleep.
1: <laughs> Um, so kind of after I did that, um, you know, it's really interesting because I'm not someone, I'm very like passionate about what I do and I love what I do. And I I have this like go-getter sort of attitude, I think definitely just from living in New York. Um, But it's super interesting because it's like, you're basically just selling yourself and you're selling your business to different clients, right? That's how you, that's how you like get clients. And this world of sales is like, it kind of sucks. Because you, or you have to change your mindset so it doesn't suck, right? So you're kind of like constantly emailing people. Hey, did you have a chance to look at this? Did you have a chance yeah. to look at this? Um, and Like to me, like, I'm like, wow, I'm really annoying. But, you know, that's that's what you have to do. Yeah. That's, that's, how, that's how it works. So that kind of mindset, like changing my mindset of like, I'm not being annoying to you know that you're doing this for your career and you're doing this for your business. So that was, um, that was definitely challenging but it's I'm working on it. I'm getting better at it.
0: <laughs> so what have been um what have been some of the biggest challenges you've faced uh you know with running running this business uh you know full-time and I guess now actually before I get there what I'll, real quick I want to know did you just take, um, a leap? Did you finally like just decide, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to do Denim Rush full time. Or did you do it from like a practical standpoint? Like you had a certain amount of money saved up in your bank account. Um, you had the certain, you have a certain amount of sales or, you know, general, um, revenue coming in through Denim Rush that you felt was like a safe amount to make that jump. Like, did you have things in place or were you like, okay, it's just time.
1: I just did it. I um that. i think i think that i have enough leads and i have enough um traction but you know i've had i've made it this this is like how we put it i was like you know what you made it this far we're doing this like half-assed essentially right because yeah. like this was not your full time so imagine how much more you can do if this was your full time
2: absolutely so
1: kind of and like my parents are super supportive. And like my entire family is like on board and they're there to help with anything, which I think really helps kind of having this support system. Um, and my friends are awesome and everyone, everyone just kind of like shows up when I need it, which is like such a blessing. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of just like, you know what I could keep doing what I'm doing, which is also awesome. Right. I wasn't in this like stage where it's like, I hate my full-time job. I have to go to my part. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. I'm, I, I wasn't in that sort of like dilemma. I was like, everything that I was doing is amazing. <laughs> but I was kind of like, I'm not going to be able to do something for myself if I don't take this leap of faith now. And, you know, I'm young. I don't have any dependents. This is just the time to sort of do it and kind of see how it goes. And you give yourself deadlines and you kind of, you kind of just like make it work and make it happen. Um, and then also because of this other company that I'm building, it was like I like needed to drop one thing. Yeah. I can't do three things at once. That's too much. <laughs> gotcha. So um but yeah. So like that was kind of like my moment where I was like, you know what, this is the perfect time for me to just sort of like try this out. I'm gonna regret it if I don't. And
0: yep. um, now you won't. You
1: can always get another job. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs>
0: And, you know, i it's funny. I think it goes straight back to what you were mentioning earlier. You know, it's just that uh, I think it might just be a bit of what works for you. You know, you like putting yourself... Uh back against the wall kind of mindset. So now you're, you have to, you have to succeed. I I like that. Um, so, you know, now that we're doing this full time, um, what have been some of our biggest things? Um, uh, I guess like learning curves, uh, that we've kind of been struggling with running this business, uh, maybe even more specifically like catered to running like a clothing company. I know again, you're doing more event-based work now, but, I would love to pick your brain on the issues with like um, you know, having stock, like having, having clothing, yeah. like where to store it. Like, did you operate through a warehouse or did you have it all yourself? How oh did you gosh. handle when, shipping? Like that so, all gives me a headache.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is the true headache. And uh, my apartment was literally everything. I had apartment. It's like, it was like atrocious you know like there was clothes like everywhere there's it is not just clothes there's paint everywhere like yeah literally my apartment would look like a scene from dexter <laughs> and um Savage. but you, got to do what, you just had to do what you had to do you know and like there's just like everything was tarped like my bathroom at one point there was just like paint running everywhere um Whatever. That's what I had to do. Yeah, so, totally. Um, so, yeah. So, now I'm actually, like, in between New York and D.C. Um, and all of my inventory and everything's in D.C. Right now, we're just trying to get rid of all our, all of our inventory. Gotcha. To focus more on uh, collaborations. So, not really hosting anything in-house, but enhancing other people's products, like I said, and events. So um, that's what I mean where I'm still doing products, but it's more um, collaboration-based.
0: Gotcha. So like limited time sales on your website with those products as well, or will they only be available through that company, through the company you work with?
1: They'll be available through that company. Yeah. So we'll still have our, like our sweatshirts do really well. Um, So we'll still have our sweatshirts up and like, we'll still or um, offer customs for denim jackets, but um, you don't want to have products that live on your shelf forever. So the goal is to circulate that as fast as possible. So how do you get something in and out, and how do you shorten that circle? Um, and that's same thing with cash flow from investment to return. How do you how do you make how do you fine tune that engine so that you're not just sitting on cash and so you know? what,
0: yeah what what generally is um what does your sales cycle look like or do you really do you kind of have one i guess
1: you i mean it's so like i don't really have one to yeah be honest. um it like this custom business is really interesting um, yeah. because you know you the thing is like i said like you, i could have just i could just have products and sell products but that's not the, what denim rush is. Denim rush is like we're offering you a custom sort of piece. So why would I have pre created products online and that be my business, yeah. like my main business? You know, the goal is that I want to be able to reach a lot of people and I want to be able to create this sort of like one of a kind pieces. So like that's true with collaboration because you're kind of putting this unique sort of piece in a store that doesn't have unique pieces, for example. So you're reaching a different level of customers and people that you wouldn't reach, like normally reach through like my website. Cause everything on my website is like handmade. That makes any sense.
2: Yeah.
0: So how did you go about, uh, what was your process to go about finding, um, you know, someone to handle inventory, um, picking your shipping method? Like, did you just dive into a bunch of research, Google, Google the shit out of everything <laughs> or like, yeah, did you have a mentor? I
1: did.
0: Just Google. I
1: literally Googled the crap out of everything
0: a lot of trial Literally and error everything.
1: Yes. Yeah, super trial and error. Um, I mean, what was interesting and cool was that since I was doing, um, kind of in the fashion industry a little bit, I was able to see and learn how other brands do it and kind of pick their brain. And like, I didn't even know what a line sheet was like, I didn't know what anything was. So, yeah. um, so that was like cool that I got to learn about all of that. And I just like, like, you know, I have friends in fashion. So I was like, how does, how do you guys work? Like, how does this work? Um, And, you know, I use Shopify and they were super helpful and like fulfillment and all of that. Um, but yeah, you kind of just have to figure it out. (laughs) I mean, as what I did, um, just kind of like make something work. You know, everyone has a certain, every like fashion brand definitely has a certain way that they do things. And there's obviously a right way as in like what's always been done. But when you're a small business, you kind of, you just have to do what works for you.
0: Definitely. Um, and so with, with the business being, you know, what it is, um, being something that's so like customized and original mm-hmm. and unique, how, how are you planning to scale this? Uh, you know, especially with you being such a prominent, you know, face and figure with the brand, yeah. you know, being at these events all the time, kind of helping run those things. What, what's yeah. your plan to scale?
1: So that is a part of the new company that I'm working on.
2: Gotcha. Um, okay.
1: So I'll leave it at that. But okay. eventually we're going to figure out there's definitely a way to do it. And we're definitely gonna bring that to the world. Can
0: eventually. can <laughs> we can we at least expect um uh this new company in twenty twenty?
1: Um yeah, it will definitely make an appearance in twenty twenty for sure.
0: Very cool. Right on. Yeah love it. Yeah. Um, so what if, uh, want to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, personal life, personal struggles with running the business? You know, I know that's something I sure. definitely have struggled with, um, you know, being an entrepreneur for about three years now, what has been some of the hardest challenges for you, uh, in regards to work life and uh personal life balance? Um, it was, it's
1: literally having a balance.
0: There's yeah. a struggle. Um, <laughs> I hear you
2: there, <laughs> but
1: yeah, it's like, it's like a mindset thing, right? Because it's like, it's like, yeah, you're fluid in the fact that you can set your own times, but it's almost like really important for you to also work in the times that other people are working in and not kind of yeah.
2: like,
1: I mean, obviously you're going to work more, but kind of, um, being in that, because like a big part of it is meetings, right? You're just like constantly meeting people. You're constantly having to network. So um, that's, been, that's been like a challenge of just figuring out like what my mindset is and kind of sticking to it, like having a routine. That is so hard. I did not realize how hard it was to have a routine.
0: Oh, I love routine is like how I... Survive. I'm like hooked on my habits now.
1: That's awesome. That's like literally amazing. And I so strive towards that. I have never had a routine my entire life because I've everything like I didn't even know where, like, even now, like, I don't know when I'm in New York or when I'm in DC. I also don't know like who I'm um going to meet, who I'm not going to meet. Like, I don't know what meetings I have. It's like so, it's so random. So trying to come up with a method to the madness is definitely challenging.
0: Yeah, so like, let's talk, let's dive into that a bit more. So how how do you operate then? Like, do you just like wake (laughs) up and you just kind of figure that day out, like as it's going or like, how do you plan out your weeks? How do you make sure you're, you know, moving towards the goals you want to accomplish, you know, in the right direction? Like you're not taking a bunch of zigzags to to get to that destination.
2: So,
1: yeah, so definitely unfortunate thing is that those zigzags will occur no matter what, um, especially in like a startup world, um, because you want to you want to test as fast as you can so that you can learn as fast as you can. Um, But, yeah, so like usually what I'll try to do is I'll be like, okay, what am I trying to accomplish this week? And um, and like break that down and try not to think too far ahead because it's so overwhelming um so my friend actually told me this like really amazing quote that the marines have it's like like um three steps forward right so like when they when marines like go into um to like you know when they when they do their thing um they they always like tame three feet in front of them before they move on to the next three feet so that's a really cool mentality that I've been trying to adapt is like, okay, what are the immediate things that need to happen in order for the big thing to happen? Right. And so like, and just like kind of giving myself goals and like managing myself, how I would manage others is be more goal oriented and not micromanage um, like my exact time of when I want to get it done, but kind of being like, all right, so your goal finishes by Friday. So you better figure it out by Friday. Like that needs to happen.
2: Um are you pretty so good I'm, with big
0: tasks? Like if you have a big project you need to get done by a certain date, are you pretty good about getting that stuff done on time?
1: Yeah, because I I try to hold myself accountable with someone else. So oh, it's it's a whole cool. accountability aspect, right? Like if I'm just holding myself accountable, like to me, then I'm like, it like forget about it, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> but what I do is I know I know what I do wrong. <laughs> It's the same with, like, workout classes. You're not going to go unless someone else is there because then you're like, shit, that person's there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: So usually what I'll do is, like, I'll have someone else hold me sort of accountable for that particular piece. So if, with rush, like, if someone's expecting an event deck, like, I better send that event deck by that date, right, because that person's holding me accountable for that. So um, kind of this whole concept of accountability um, and kind of, figuring out what works for you. I so wish I could be accountable by myself. And that's like a goal of mine that I'm working towards. Um, but baby steps. So trying to hold the else accountable for now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I like that method. That's, that's a really good idea. um, yeah, I think something that, that there's a book I'm reading, actually, uh, you might be interested in. It's called Manager Day to Day, Build Your Routine, Find Your Focus and Sharpen Your Creative Mind. Um, and one of the things I think is really cool, it talks about um, the difference between, uh, you know, like busy work and productive work. So it kind of, it it talks about how, you know, a lot of times we do these tasks, like answer email, admin work, invoicing Mm -hmm. contracts. And like a lot of times we do that stuff, you know, first thing in the morning when our brains, you know, most creative and most active, and we do all this busy Mm -hmm. work because we're able to tick things off and it makes us feel productive. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, when we finally finish those tasks, it's like four o'clock. We, our brain Mm -hmm. is kind of died down. We don't feel like creative anymore and the our drive to create that project or make that painting kind of ceases. And I know this that was a big thing with me with video projects. And mm-hmm. so the past like three or four weeks now, I've kind of changed up my routine and I save like email, reading, all that stuff. I don't do till like 7 p.m. now. And so first thing in the morning, like I, I go to the gym and then like I'm just creating video content or I'm doing editing until mm-hmm. essentially like 5 p.m. and it's just the level of productivity and things i've gotten done that actually like move my business forward like making a a brand connection or finalizing and pushing out you know a new commercial project is just like tremendous Mm -hmm. i I don't know if that's something you struggle with like doing too much busy work and not like kind of pushing off the big work because you know sometimes Mm -hmm. we just get too intimidated
1: yeah i have um I like cannot wake up in the morning to save my life, so, um, because I'm like more of a night person.
2: Okay, but like yeah. trying
1: to make that shift because I understand the importance of it. Um, so like what I'll do is I'll just like put a really I put a morning meeting so I have to get up.
2: <laughs> like that just has to happen.
1: <laughs> um, like the whole accountability thing. But yeah, so once that's sort of done, then I then I dive into like what are my goals for the day um and then definitely taking those off but what i i have to mix in all this admin stuff otherwise i just won't do it um like you're you're very routine oriented which is so awesome um if i'm like oh i'm gonna do this at seven like i'm not gonna do it at seven
2: it's not gonna happen
1: (laughs) like that just won't happen during that day because and like the other thing is like i the big thing for me is like networking and meeting people so i have to like keep my window open to kind of being like, hey like constantly like meeting people for coffee for drinks for dinner coffee drinks dinner because that's how you grow your connection stronger especially um when i'm not even from the fashion industry so kind of meeting people and be like great where do you work how can you help me um how can we help each other um i love that yeah so like that's like a really big sort of um part of it and this other thing that i'm trying to work through right now is that i don't know like i feel like a lot of creatives have this it's like sort of circular thinking versus linear thinking so um constantly thinking the same idea and like not moving forward you're like thinking 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 but you gotta like take the leap and you have to like pierce through that circle a little bit to kind of go to the next quote-unquote circle
2: right so like
1: how do you move your ideas forward rather than just constantly in the like whiteboard phase yeah um which is like something I've been struggling with, but I feel like I'm doing better. So
0: it's good. It's uh this is actually, I just listened to uh, my buddy, Edward Lee's podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. And he talked a little bit about this book called atomic habits, which is my next read. But uh, one of the mm-hmm. things he talks about, actually, it was kind of interesting. He talks about um, the, the author from the book talks about essentially making uh 1% kind of changes every single day. Yeah. So rather than making or trying to make big changes, you make the 1% mm-hmm. day after day after day. And after, mm-hmm. you know, look, you look back, you know, 60 days later or after the full year, you've made exponential mm-hmm. amount of progress. Um, so yeah. I think, you know, that's, a, that's, that's actually, a method.
1: it totally is. That's actually a method that my mentor actually shared with me two weeks ago.
0: Oh, ah, awesome. It's like, Super yeah. So it's cool. like,
1: yeah. And you know, the cool thing is that the big businesses also use that. It's like, You can use it from your personal life to how you run your business Um, and how do you make your business more efficient. So that's super cool that you brought that up because I was literally just told to do that.
0: (laughs) Cool. Um, I'm writing two things down before I forget. So uh, one, uh, I want to talk about your mentor. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit more. How... How did you find your mentor? Did you kind of just come together? Um, how much has your mentor helped guide you and impact the success of your career path and maybe even, you know, your personal life? I know for me personally, mm-hmm. um, mentors have been a, a huge thing for me, just like making the right business decisions before i make the wrong mm-hmm. ones and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um just how to stay motivated when i'm feeling in a creative rut etc like mentors have just been big for me so i'd love to hear your personal experience and maybe how our audience could benefit from a mentor.
1: Yeah, so i was connected to my mentor through my dad. Um and he is so phenomenal and so humble and has so much experience just And I think that's the cool thing about them, about a mentor is like the experience, right? Absolutely. How much have they gone through and then sharing the failures, why things failed and how did they learn from that? So building this like um, failure to measurement to success, sort of like path Um, and kind of seeing it from another perspective. So I, I mean, he's so awesome and he has really helped me with just kind of opening my eyes to taking a step back and looking at it from another perspective Yeah. Um, and comparing that to like other industries and other um, businesses and kind of how they overcame uh, certain challenges because, you know, we're so stuck in what we do, but totally. like, we have this like sort of tunnel vision because like, that's what, that's our goal that we're trying to achieve sometimes you kind of have to like step out of that tunnel to, to have like a third party perspective of what you're doing and looking at others around you and saying, how are they, um, overcoming certain challenges that might be similar and how can you learn from those?
0: Yeah. I love that. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Mentors are fantastic. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I cannot encourage you having one enough. <laughs> yeah, no, and It's just been so great. It's awesome. And I, yeah. I, it's He's not amazing. just, I mean, well, we'll take this to kind of family and friends, because I know you mentioned support circle, but like, like yeah. that's just a whole nother aspect of it too. Like, it's not totally. just that they can help me learn and grow, but it's actually like having Someone that I can talk to that's actually been there and been through it, Um yeah. And having you know my my family and my social circle, all that is is great and, and a great support system too. But specifically, yeah. I love having that with a mentor because, for instance, like my friends from back home and in, in Cincinnati, my mom, my dad, like they. They don't have, like, when I say, like, oh, I had this terrible experience, like, all of a sudden, all my audio equipment died on set, like, I could not figure out what to do, like, the client's yeah. pissed, like, my, my parents, my friends, my other friends don't have experience with that, you know, so, like, they don't really right. know how to speak from that, um, how to properly yeah. handle the situation, whereas a mentor can, and that can be such huge value.
1: Totally, yeah, so it's, like, making problems a little bit more relatable. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's a that's definitely a huge, um, that's a definitely a huge sort of impact that mentors can have and kind of help you realize things that you might not be able to realize just by talking it out with someone, someone else.
0: Absolutely. And what about like, what about just your general support system, like your family, your friends? Um, how does that impact your career, um, your career path, denim rush, uh, and what are the, I guess, positive or negative impacts of, uh, you know, trying to, um, continue to make time for, you know, your friends and family.
1: Yeah. So, um, there, my friends and family have been amazing. My, um, my dad and my uncle helped me out a lot in my business. So, I mean, that's kind of cool because I get to talk to them every day. Um, and they're, obviously they're older, so they're a little bit more conservative with <laughs> yep. um, business paths, but it's so helpful because, because they have the experience, right? So they're not ding-dongs yeah. by telling us like certain things, right? So you have to learn how to like for me it's like i have to convince them if i can't convince them it's a shitty idea <laughs> yeah because you know like they they they're like here they're they're present they know what's happening but they also have this world of experience um even if that's in a different industry it's still experience it's still how ha- it's still experience about how does a business operate how does a business run um so that's been pretty cool my friends have been amazing so i've been like going back and forth from dc so i've like literally been Cup surfing in new york um why 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 is that
0: why are you going back and forth between the two just for the business (laughs) because of how it's operating yeah
1: yeah exactly because um of this other company that i'm building um i'm doing it with my uncle and he's in dc
2: gotcha okay um,
1: i have to be there like my inventory is there and like you know my painting studio is there so um it's like it's good for me to go back and forth. Cause like when I'm there, I get a lot of work done, but when I'm here, I'm like networking. I'm like meeting people. I'm like, you know, you're a little, I'm like, I feel more active and alive. I mean, I've been living in New York for eight years, so it's a really hard switch to leave. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was very important to like cut, sort of cut all my overhead costs and kind of run in like stealth mode until you figure out how to do it better. Essentially.
0: Yeah, definitely. What's, uh, Let's talk about that a little bit too. Um, what's been what's been the experience like you know living in uh, living in New York City help help our listeners out here what what are they missing out on oh, or what should amazing. they what do they need <laughs> to avoid with New York?
1: <laughs> New York's awesome. So New York has this sort of energy in that of like you can do this like this is happening because so many other people around you are able to do it, you can do it too, right. Kind of like, yeah. you are not the only person that, that, like, giving you sort of that sort of experience and kind of looking at people around you, hustling and having this energy. It's, like, really awesome and contagious. So, it's really cool. Um, what else? Like, New York. I mean, when I first moved here, I hated it. Yeah? Because it's so... Yeah, because, I mean, I moved here from Ohio.
2: Yeah. Like, you...
1: And I, I went to, like... New York School of Interior Design, it's not even, it's like not even like a college, college experience. Like I didn't have a college experience. I like joined my school and the way my school works is you kind of just like organize your classes and then you, you intern. So I had an internship as soon as I got here. So I was like working immediately, you know? So you kind of just like grow up. You're like, all right, well, I got to go to work (laughs) And, and not just like working at McDonald's. Like I have to make, I mean, also McDonald's workers are, that is also work, but still, like it's not um, like you're doing something a little bit more for your career. Yeah. Um, and kind of just networking and schmoozing people and meeting people and like I like connections take you a long way. I always tell you that. I always say that to like um anyone who's in like high school or who's in who's in um college. You meet someone you if that's a connection that you care about you follow up with them. Yeah. You make time for them you you make that happen because you never know, and you want it to be a genuine sort of connection. you don't want to just like use people like that's horrible um you kind of want to be able to create these sort of like genuine connections um so that you know you guys can help each other out later, let's say this person needs something and then you need something like that's that's a moment where that connection comes in hand yeah right? um so like definitely, definitely like connections that's like like New York is all about
0: that. I want to say, yeah, that was for actually sure. the other question uh, I wanted to, uh, kind of bring up, or I guess just subject I want to discuss more was networking. Um, that's been, yeah. that's been another big focus for me this year. I know sometimes yeah. I just get too focused on what I'm doing with my business that I'm not making that effort. Um, yeah. and I totally agree with you. Like it just. Meeting like one new person a week, what that could do for your career, you know, a year, exactly. or two years down the road. And I mean, honestly, that's exactly. a that's a big part why I'm running I'm doing the podcast is one, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I just I thoroughly enjoy it. I get to pick people's brains in other industries, get mm-hmm. new creative insight, but it also again, like mm-hmm. it's one of the easiest ways I find to build my network. Like, what better way to get an in with a company or person you want to work with than inviting them to talk and brag about themselves for, you know, an hour yeah. or two hours rather than being like, Hey, hire me to shoot this video for you. Like
1: right. And you're kind of like, you know, like especially if you're an entrepreneur, um in like this age, you want to you well, you want to help others. At least I do. Like I like to help others who in any way, shape or form that I can. Um and you know, like as an entrepreneur you are every department. So you're also business (laughs) development, right? So like you that's a hat that you have to wear. Um, networking just helps helps like you make that next connection for your next business deal. So it's a huge part. It's a huge part for sure.
2: Yeah. So
0: how do you, how do you go about that? You know, what is, what is your process? How do you utilize events or finding events and social media? Because I, I know for me, you know, I've talked about networking with other you know multiple other guests on the on my podcast here and I know something some of the feedback I always get, you know, is like, well it's it's easier said than done, Kyle. It's like you say network, but like how do you actually network? You know? And so I know. Oh my like, gosh, you just DM
1: people. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, for my <laughs> process, so I you know, social media for me is distinctly like I use um content from like literally like if I'm already following someone, uh, you know, I'll use mm-hmm. the uh what is it, the like the click down arrow that you see like um, people you're likely to be interested in or I'll go through their comments mm. and I'll see who's commenting and then I'll go check out their pages and start connecting with them. Mm. Um, as for like events, you know, I look for local events that are either in the arts community or more specifically yeah. catered to like photography and film. Cause photography and film is my realm but like if it's in the arts community in the creative community whether it's like a fashion show or something entirely different like right there are businesses brands and creative minds there that like i can benefit yeah. from
1: yeah so um one thing i like to i like to go to talks okay so um that's a pretty cool way to meet people like usually they'll have talk you'll like learn a lot about during the talk and then you'll just like you just have to force yourself to meet people. You have to literally force yourself because it's so easy to just do something and go home. Yep. Um, And you kind of just have to be like, all right, you are here. You are going to meet one person. You are going to get their number and you're going to follow up with them. (laughs) And um, yeah. And like, I mean, I've met a lot of people just at like bars, coffee shops, um, you know, like, or like if you're having a photo shoot on the street, like you're going to, people are going to stop and then they're going to ask you questions and like you know, yeah, you just I have know, to be I like be very modeling. social. <laughs> you know what? It's uh, like better me than someone else because I can't pay them. So
0: hey, like, that's, that's a, just that, the reality. That's a whole nother career path you could take for sure. That would oh be that would be awesome.
2: Um,
1: no, I'm I, I would suck at that. But um <laughs> yeah, like it, you know, you just kind of like like I um one of my really good now one of my really good friends, this guy Vince Hartrop. He's the most. He's like so phenomenal he does all of my videos um and he's just so cool and he's from canada but i met him at a bar and i was like hey I would do, he, I, we were just chatting and then i was like hey i have a photo shoot tomorrow if you want to stop by um and like do your magic or whatever and he came and he like i gave him two words of direction and he kind of just like in two days popped this like amazing video like exactly what i wanted and we've just been like in contact since then now he does all of my videos he'll come to new york um i try to connect him with other brands um and i connect him with like other businesses because he's just so phenomenal so like that's you know i met him at a bar you know there's so many there's really no sort of like cap to where you meet people or how you meet them
0: yeah and i'm sure like as you mentioned now you're recommending him to other brands and businesses too he didn't have to ask you to do that or anything it's just from having that that trust and that relationship
1: yeah i mean and he's just so awesome and i want him to grow so so much and um so uh, like anything i can like i said anything i can do to help anyone is just that's just the mindset that i have because i i would want the same too like i like i would want others to help me so like if you can help someone else too, like that, that's just so important. I think that's so important, especially as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big believer in karma and especially like in the business world uh, you know, giving back and not just giving back, but I also think intention, like Mm -hmm. what, what is your intention? Whether, you know, it's putting out a product, an event, a video, like,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: what is your true intention behind that? I think people, Mm -hmm are really, really good at recognizing that stuff. And so if your intention is not in the right place, um, well then you're not going to win anyone over, you know?
1: Right. Cause like, you're not showing your true passion as to why you're doing like what you're doing. Exactly. Um, and then when you're truly passionate about doing something like it, it, it just shows the level of the level of like expertise slash, um, the level of how good what you're doing is just shows through passion.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, we're kind of kind of coming full circle here, getting close to wrapping up. Want to want to know what is on your plate right now um, that you're really excited about? What are what are the things kind of going on for for you, whether Mm -hmm. that's personal life, business world? I mean, I know you're kind of building up this second business, but you can't talk too much about that. So maybe let's focus it towards Mm -hmm. personal life, Denim Rush. What are we working on right now? What are we really excited about?
1: yeah I'm so we have a couple of collaborations on track for Dedham Rush that I'm pretty pumped about. Um, those will come out soon. They'll come out before the summer. And then just working on kind of doing this events and kind of like realizing that that's my focus and um, diving right into it. So it's pretty cool when you do an event and you're connecting with new people. So it's it's really exciting. So I'm pumped to do many more of those this year hopefully and um yeah that's basically it and obviously the other company but i can't talk about it
0: (laughs) um actually a question just popped in my mind so before you got uh, obviously this run of of success now multiple you know great events um brands and businesses having you know great success from it like when you were first trying to pitch you know these events to brands and businesses how did, mm-hmm. you go about um, how did you go about selling yourself? Uh, how did you go about selling, you know, the event and the service um, mm-hmm. without, you know, having or did you have, you know, content and media material, et cetera, mm-hmm. you know, to really, I guess, like showcase the potential of it?
1: Yeah. So what I would do is I realized that, you know, because when I first started Denner Rush, I did um, street fairs and I just sort of realized that people are not going to come to your booth unless you're doing something. Yeah. Like people want to see what you're doing or how you're doing it. So I would do these live paintings on the street and I would turn around. and There would be like literally 200 people behind me. I'd be like, Holy
2: shit.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, yeah. This is really cool, but people want to watch. People want to watch it all happen. So that's how we started doing that. And then that led into doing events and live events. And then that led into like having customization on, on, like in store, so it was kind of like one led to another, which led to another, which like led to another, which is now what it is.
2: Yeah, if that
0: makes any sense. Dang, Sorry. that's so cool. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was cool, and I just kind of did it because I was like, no one's stopping at the post. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> i was just like, all right, well, I'm just gonna start painting again.
0: Hell yeah! Um, so what's what is the biggest goal or goals you have for 2020?
1: Okay, so biggest goals um personally being more um like being more organized that'd be awesome,
2: okay okay,
1: um, and learning how to balance sort of travel and like denim rush and the other company, and learning how to split my time and like um kind of setting more like attainable goals other than like these crazy goals and then get really mad at myself for not being able to achieve that goal Mm -hmm. um i think that's really important especially as an entrepreneur to have that positive reinforcement um of like you know checking something off the to-do list but like make it attainable for sure um yeah and kind of just i'm just like excited to see where this year goes i'm gonna do my best and put everything in and hopefully i'll have something to launch (laughs)
0: And so this will be, I guess, the first, this will be your first full year, full time doing Denim Rush and starting this other yeah. business, correct?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Awesome. So are you like, are you more nervous or more excited about the opportunity?
1: So my nerves have now switched into excitement.
2: Because awesome.
1: before I was like nervous. I was like, what am I doing? And like what this fails? everyone's like investing their time and energy and money into this. blah 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 blah, blah. but you know what like if you're nervous you're going to make them even more nervous so get it together (laughs) and um kind of just kind of just like i'm just like in this mode right now of like execution like let's just i just want to do it yeah i've thought about it enough like it just needs to happen now
0: love it so yeah Awesome. Um, so wrapping up here, um, first of all, thank you for making the time coming on the podcast. Um, second of, of all, where can we find more info about you personally, as well as Denim Rush, um, shout us out here, some socials as well as, uh, some web websites for us, please. Yeah. So
1: my personal is Aparna.a. So it's aparn And then Denim Rush is d-e-n-i-m-r-u-s-h and that's the same all across the board so on instagram um the website's denimrush.com facebook's also denimrush i think it's like denimrush one but yeah thank you so much for um having me on this podcast
0: yeah absolutely um lastly is there anything i didn't ask you that i should have
1: no i think you did a good job you covered all the points
0: great um Oh, well, one, one last question. Um, so if you had one, um, final or let's not say final, it sounds, uh, sounds, uh, what's, what's the word? Not tragic. Um, <laughs> sounds too much relative to death. Um, anyways, uh, one, uh, if you could say, you know, one message, uh, or if you could, uh, you know, have our audience leave listening, this podcast, gained you know one insight from you what would it be
1: i think it would be to definitely just do whatever you're passionate about because you can always reinvent your career if anything happens so try not to have a plan b but there always is a plan b like it's fine so don't get too caught up in that
2: i love it that
1: makes any sense yeah
0: that's great short sweet perfect awesome (laughs) All right, Ivarna. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you all for listening. Um, This has been a great episode. You are listening to the Festive Podcast, and we're out.